1: Welcome to 30 Days of Terror, day 29. How you do. I've got some stories for you today. How are you feeling? Are you ready? I'm
0: ready. Still a bit trauma by the floating clown.
1: Oh yeah, that was horrific.
0: Still a bit trauma by the doll.
1: Also horrific. So,
0: hmm, maybe not.
1: Well, let's see what's going to traumatise us today, shall we? Story number one comes from Gus so i was about 10 or 11 years old when this happened but i remember it very well because it was only six years ago Aww. oh i want see a baby oh you're oh, sorry that's really patronizing i don't mean to be really patronizing but i just never think of young people listening to us but yeah, because we're old people that is because we're very old mm. but thank you for writing in awesome. anyway are we going to continue my family is religious So my parents never talked about anything paranormal because they didn't want me messing with stuff like that. At the time, we lived in a very old house. I don't know exactly when it was built, but I think it was already there in the 1800s. It had wooden floors that would always creak and it would always be cold. The house was renovated in a way so that the bedrooms would be situated on the ground floor. The living room was on the first floor and the master bedroom where my parents slept was on the second The last bedroom on the ground floor was mine. This was so far from my parents' room that even if I screamed they wouldn't hear me. So one night I was laying in bed waiting to fall asleep. Every night one of my parents would always come to my room to say goodnight to me before they would go to bed. My bed was a loft bed and this is important for the story. That night when I was waiting to fall asleep my mom had already said goodnight to me and my sister when I started hearing heavy footsteps in the hallway coming towards my room. Because I didn't know anything about the paranormal, I just assumed it was my dad. So the footsteps came into my room and the figure who I still believed was my dad stopped next to my bed. Or under my bed, because it was a loft bed. Because I was trying to fall asleep and wasn't scared, I didn't bother to open my eyes. Instead, I just stuck my hand out for my dad to grab. As a sign of saying, you know, good night. It grabbed my hand and held it for a little while, didn't say anything, and then let go. When it let go, I was waiting for him to start walking away, but nothing happened no footsteps, no breathing, nothing. I thought it was really strange, so I opened my eyes, but nobody was there, and my door was closed. I immediately sat up and looked over my bed to see if he, for some reason, was hiding under my bed. But he wasn't. Because I didn't understand the paranormal, I literally told myself it was an angel and went back to bed. But later I realised that it probably wasn't. Now some people have said to me that because I was a child I imagined it. But how could I have imagined something that I knew absolutely nothing about? I would never even heard a ghost story, and if I would have imagined it, it probably would have been way more scary or crazier than this. I also don't believe it was my subconscious because I was falling asleep. I was completely awake, but just too lazy to open my eyes. This thing was obviously very aware of me and felt like a real person. Thinking about the story now gives me a very strange feeling that I can't explain. I never had any physical interactions like this after that but would have a lot of really creepy nightmares which stopped right after we moved. Now I will often hear someone call my name when I'm sitting in the open attic so loud that I think it's my mum.
0: I can totally relate to being too lazy to open your eyes. I very rarely get to that state where I'm so tired I can't be bothered to open my eyes but when I am I understand. And I agree with Gus entirely. If There's no foundation in your brain to think that it's anything other than your dad.
1: You're just going to presume it's your dad, aren't you? Yeah, and when you're in a situation where that's habitual Mm. for your family, that either your mum or dad will come in and say goodnight every night, you're not going to be assuming that it's anything else. No. Or you're not going to be imagining that somebody is coming into your room because it's... Something that happens every night. Yeah,
0: but imagine how shook you'd be if you once you realised that something held your hand that wasn't there. You'd just be like proper full on shook, wouldn't you? You'd have the shooks.
1: That's new. <laughs> That's very new. I
0: was I was thinking hegevious but I've I've used I've overused that word now, so I needed something else. So I've gone with the shooks.
1: The Shooks? Yeah. <laughs> Can we get that on some merch, please?
0: They're also performing at the Camden Roundhouse when it opens again. <laughs> the
1: Shooks. Yet another new band. <laughs> And our second story today comes from Tom. My family and I went to see my brother's now wife graduate from the University of Kentucky. My family, for the most part, are all open to or at least accept that there may be ghosts and spirits as well as demons. The night after the graduation, we had stayed an extra night so that we could take a tour of the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. We walked the entire allowed areas of the building by the end of the night. I specifically asked to take the latest tour they gave which started at around 7 in the hopes of seeing something or at least having a better chance in my mind. At around 9.30 they took us to the fourth floor which was said to have shadow people more often on this floor more than any other. Before they had mentioned this, I had seen what looked like three different heads poking out of two separate rooms, two in one room and one in the other, so I immediately knew that I'm going to find something finally. Then they asked if anyone wanted to volunteer to walk down a pitch-dark hallway by themselves, alongside the rooms that I had seen the heads poking out of, down to a door that people had already seen shadows passing by. To my dad's displeasure, I volunteered immediately. I had to walk down the hallway until they told me to stop. I had seen something walking past the door as well as seeing heads coming out of the hallway. When I turned around to walk back, they asked me to hold my arms out nearly spread eagle style and walk back slowly. I got about two feet away from the door when I started hearing everyone in the group mutter that something was behind him. I felt something cold not far from me the whole walk back. It made me nervous, but I figured I was wanting to see something like this, so I was getting what I was hoping for. I kept hearing them whisper, Oh my God, there's something behind him. It's a big shadow person. Later, when I had gotten back to the group, a guy pulled me aside and said "There is was something really big behind me when I was walking, and he was asking if I had felt it or saw it. And I told him that I had not seen it but I felt a kind of cold. And he said that at one point it looked like it had its hands on me. After that nothing else happened. Until we were getting ready to leave I decided to take multiple photographs of the entranceway where there are no lights on. And when I got home I turned the brightness up on my phone to see the pictures better. I found a couple I questioned. But then I saw something in one of the last pictures. It was a human like figure that looked like it was scaling the front of the building. I don't know if anything else did touch me or follow me, but I do know it was unsettling and different than anything I've ever experienced. My second story happened in 2011, and personally it's the scariest thing that's happened to me. I got in trouble a few years ago for theft. I was young and stupid, and I know that isn't an excuse. Luckily I didn't get charges pressed on me, but I was sent by my parents to a children's home for a troubled youth three and a half hours from home to straighten me out. The cottage I was in was the newest on campus, but it was built on top of the remains of an older cottage. It had two levels, the main level and the storm shelter basement had no windows and had big heavy doors. For a short period of time the cottage only housed me and my one friend, as well as the house parents and their six-year-old daughter. One night in June, there was a tornado spotted nearby, so we all went to the dorm shelter of the basement. So we all went to the storm shelter of the basement. My friend and I brought his flip video camera to make bullshit videos to pass the time. After an hour, the radio broadcaster said there was an estimated 20-minute break in the storm, which the house parents suggested we take to use the bathroom or grab a snack in case things got bad again. But we were both fine. While they were all upstairs we continued to mess with the camera making fake broadcasts about this fucker of a storm and things like that. When suddenly he began freaking out and pointing behind me. I said what? Seeing nothing behind me. He said dude something just shut the door. I told him not to fuck with me and I turned and saw the door was nearly completely shut. We quickly re-watched the video. And sure enough, the door that was completely opened slowly began to close shut on its own. Remember, there was no possibility of airflow because we were in the storm shelter with no windows. And when our house parents came back down the stairs, we asked if anyone came down and shut the door. And they said, no, we were actually going to ask you why you shut the door. That freaked us out more. There is a large building they use for offices and meeting rooms that has a basement with donated clothes, toiletries and things we might need or could use if our family didn't send us some. One day, my roommate and I, not the same one from the first part, were waiting for our parents to make it down to pick us up for a week-long home visit. And our house parents had already left for their vacation, so we were told that we had to help one of the other cottages clean out the donation area until we left. They said we could keep what we wanted but organise what we didn't. I'm a larger guy so I knew none of the clothes would fit me so I grabbed for my brother and my cousin for when I went home. I found myself with a leather jacket that fit so I kept it as well as a top hat. I'm only adding this in because top hats are cool. When we were getting ready to leave, I saw an older looking teddy bear with a bowler hat, a vest, and brown bow tie sewed to the vest. It was animatronic with a twist key that made it play the song Teddy Bear Picnic, so I grabbed it for my mom, since she would sing me that at night when I was a kid. I forgot it when I went on my home visit and had planned to take it the next time, but it would not make it to my mom. In fact, it didn't make it past the first week back at the cottage. Since this is a place for troubled teenagers, our windows and doors were locked and alarmed until morning when the workers would type in their codes so that nobody could get in and do any of the stuff that seemed to have happened. The first night back I put the bear on my desk located at the foot of my bed. Our beds were parallel but about 8 feet apart. When we both decided it was time to turn the lights out and go to bed, My roommate was a heavy sleeper and snores like a broken chainsaw, so I was having trouble sleeping. I finally began to fall asleep when I heard a crash in the bathroom behind the wall by my head that startled me. I decided to just go to bed and figure it out in the morning that something must have just fallen over. When we got up, my roommate had been up before me, so he went to the bathroom. And he said, ''Hey, I put your bear back on the table.'' Oh, did it fall? I asked. And he said, no, you left it in the bathroom. Why did you leave it in there? I went cold because that was the loud crashing thud that I heard. I told him what happened and after a while he believed me. We decided to test it to see if it was just my imagination. So we put it in my closet and shut the door. And the next morning we found it sitting on the bathroom floor again. Immediately we felt sickly scared, then with nervous chuckles trying to accuse one another of doing it. When we finally realised we both were telling the truth, I decided to prove once and for all whether something was fucking with us or not. I grabbed a chair and put the bear on the highest shelf in my roommate's closet that neither of us could get to without using a chair. We figured that this way there was no bullshitting possible. The next day it was on the bathroom floor. We freaked out and didn't know if throwing it away would do anything seeing as though it was moving on its own. So my roommate decided to dismantle the bear taking off the limbs and head and then threw it all in the trash. And then and then threw it all in the trash. And that night I took the trash out and made sure that fucker went with it. Fast forward two days. I get up in the morning and walk past my sleeping roommate towards the bathroom. As I open the door, there on the floor was the brown bow tie that should have still been on the bear's vest. My roommate still doesn't know about that bow tie. But that's because it was freaking him out a lot already. It's definitely not something I'll forget soon.
0: No to both those stories. Ima- imagine going on a nice vacation and saying, "I know what we'll do. We'll go to the latest possible tour in Waverly Hall Sanatorium. And then when you get—I kind of love that though. And then when you get the wonderful opportunity to walk down the dark corridor on your own, where people had already seen shadows and apparitions, you've the tear. I and mean, by, and by apparitions, I mean apparitions. Obviously, Appar- apparition is something you do in Harry Potter.
1: There's safety in numbers, though, isn't there? If you're on a tour. You'd be like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I might be shitting myself, but what's the worst that can happen to me?
0: You can get taken by the Shadow Man. Nah. And then why a possessed bear?
1: Very odd. And one of those animatronic ones that's very old school.
0: And it's quite a creepy sound. A creepy song, I'd imagine, in the right context.
1: Yeah, well, I think anything's creepy in the right context. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much anything.
0: But imagine that. Imagine going to the effort of taking it apart and throwing it away, and then there's still a piece of it returning to the bathroom.
1: Oh, you would poo yourself. Yep. 100%.
0: Full on the shooks.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping And our third story today comes from Claire. I went to a secondary school that has been around for over 100 years. We had an amazing drama department and a teacher who, we thought, was very prone to exaggerating when it came to experiences that he had while working late in the drama department. It wasn't just him, though. On one occasion, several other teachers claimed they had seen a small child on stage during rehearsals while watching a screen off-stage. When they went to ask the person to leave the stage, there was no one there, and the students on stage greeted them with confused expressions, claiming they hadn't seen anyone else. Others reported cold blasts of air out of nowhere, doors locking and unlocking on their own. There were also teachers who spoke of hearing giggling backstage. When they went to investigate what student was messing around, there wouldn't be anyone there. Some teachers had claimed that they had seen footsteps appearing backstage in the paint that was being used to paint sets. Being 16 at the time, although I loved hearing and telling ghost stories, I'm not sure how much I believed in them and was pretty sceptical. All of us thought that the teachers were trying to wind us up or using it as a weird behaviour management technique. If you don't behave, the ghost will get you. One day myself and another student were working on our final project of the year. The drama studio had two doors, one of which could be opened from the outside which was backstage and the one in the auditorium which could only be opened from the inside. This is where myself and another student were. We were alone in the drama studio as our teacher had gone up to work in the staff room. It was late. Everyone else had gone home and we were plotting lights for our play. The room had been completely cleared and the piano was sitting against the wall at the very back of the room. It was quite a large space, with enough room to fit around 200 chairs. Myself and the other student very quickly went backstage to pick up a piece of paper from our teacher's desk. We were there for around 20 seconds at most. When we returned to the auditorium, the piano had been moved. Right in front of the stage perfectly in the middle like someone was ready to play the room suddenly felt heavy cold and uninviting both of us were in complete disbelief we had both seen the piano against the back wall and we hadn't even heard it move it was an incredibly clunky old piano with squeaky wheels we quickly checked the doors which were both still locked and called out to see if someone was playing a trick on us there was no one else there, and no one could have come in or out, as we would have seen them while we were backstage. Me and the other student quickly grabbed our stuff and headed out. We could feel something really didn't appreciate us being there. We headed to the staff room to tell our teacher we were leaving, hoping he wasn't there and he had really been playing a trick on us. To our disbelief and our horror, he was still there working with other teachers and all of which said they hadn't left the staff room. After that, we both started listening to our teacher's stories with a little more faith in what they had experienced.
0: I'm not surprised. Pianos moving on their own.
1: A piano is something, that is a big object yeah. to move on its own. Like, whether that is a, a big object.
0: Whether it's a stand-up one or a grand. It's Doesn't matter. No,
1: Doesn't matter. Even my little stand-up one that's actually Will's and I'd want to say, is heavy
0: even if you like if you're only away for twenty seconds I say you were probably close enough to hear a person moving a piano so to come back and it moves significantly as if you'd definitely say, hear it yeah one hundred
1: percent you'd have to yeah, and there's no way an individual person could move a piano that big either
0: no nope. so you're a believer in on this one then
1: oh I just don't know what it I don't know what it means I <laughs> don't know what it means
0: and then seeing a little girl, I know it wasn't them, but seeing a little girl on stage through cameras. And then going down to question and everybody else that was on the camera had no idea that there was a little girl there. That's a GBS.
1: When I was in school, I used to do drama too. My drama teacher had worked in the school for like a million years and my school was an old convent school and it was like really, really old building and it was really quite scary. And the costume storage place was on the very top floor. So it was about three stories up maybe and she said that she had gone up to the costume press one night to uh during during showtime to pick up a costume or a bit of a costume and she left the costume press and just came face to face with a nun like in an old school habit and she just got a fright because none of our nuns wore the old school black habit and she obviously got a fright and as she looked the nun like drifted away from her and she realized that she had no legs she was just floating down the corridor. Now granted, that could have just been some good storytelling, but I always remember her telling me that story.
0: I'm desperately trying to think of a back in the habit pun, but I just can't do it, so I'm gonna leave it.
1: You'll think of one eventually, maybe next episode. Hmm. It'll come out. But I've got one more story for you.
0: Oh, have you thought we only do three?
1: I've got another one. Ooh. And our last story comes from Asia. So I live in Salt Lake City, Utah and we have the biggest and oldest cemetery this side of the Mississippi. But my story happened just a few blocks from there. There was an old abandoned hospital called Primary Children's Hospital. It has since been renovated into very expensive condos. Back in my day the folklore and stories that came from the hospital were gut-wrenching. As teenagers we would almost weekly go and stand at the gate and look at the third floor windows waiting to see Elizabeth, the child bride of a Mormon doctor that worked and lived in the building. Stories say that he would keep her locked up to a heater in her room for days on end. And when she fell pregnant with his child, she completed suicide by throwing herself from the middle third story window. With all the times we'd been there, we were never able to get in. One night, it was me and my best friend at the time, being ghost hunting fanatics. We pulled up to the huge building and noticed that someone had cut a hole in the fence. After what seemed like hours of us debating, we were frightened of being caught. We mustered up the courage and went into the building we had watched from the outside for years. The building itself felt heavy, smelled of mould and wet furniture but I'm sure that you could guess where we were heading. Yep, up to the third floor. We climbed the stairs quietly, hearing noises that seemed to come from the levels above. When we made it to the third floor and opened the doors, the sounds they made came right out of a horror movie. We quickly made our way to Elizabeth's room, 142. My friend and I were so close to each other that we could have been one person. It was so terrifying in that building, I will never forget it. We got halfway down the hall when we heard a huge thump right above us that made some of the ceiling crumble and fall right in front of us. We screamed like children and gathered ourselves. We took maybe three more steps when an orb the size of a basketball dropped from the ceiling and hovered five feet off the ground and maybe three feet away from us. It was bright orange And it froze both of us solid. I had tears streaming down my face, and I had a mixed emotion of anger and sadness ripping through my body. We stared at it, absolutely petrified, till out of it, a blood curdling scream pierced our ears and echoed through the hallway. Without hesitation, both my friend and I took off down the hall. I didn't even feel the stairs beneath my feet. And we flew outside. When we got to the gate I got caught on the cut fence. And had to get a tetanus shot and 24 stitches. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. But the most terrifying part. Was when we were out. Collecting ourselves. We looked up at the third story window. And there she was. Bright orange hair. And a pale white face looking at us from her window. Needless to say, we never went back. And when they were renovating the building for the condos there today, it took them ten years to do it. Because they couldn't keep contractors on the site. And a builder actually died by falling down the elevator shaft. Poor bastard. Anyway, I hope it gives you the chills. It still makes my eyes water when I tell that story.
0: No, no, no. No basketball orbs that scream in your face.
1: See, I'm not a big fan of orbs. Like, I'm not really... Not really that into them.
0: But if you saw it and it was the size of a basketball and it came towards you and then all of a sudden it just did this blood-curdling scream...
1: But the size of a basketball is a different story altogether, isn't it?
0: And I also don't think... Like, I think you'd be... It's orbs on camera that you don't like.
1: Yeah, so it's when I'm watching, like, Ghost Adventures and... It it could easily be a speck of dust, and they're falling around themselves, and, saying and they they've seen an orb,
0: and they don't see it themselves. So they see it on the camera. These guys saw it with their own eyes,
1: and it's the size of a basketball, and
0: it's the size of a basketball when it screams at you.
1: What? What is the, like my? What? Whatever about seeing the orb, right? And granted, I would be petrified if an orb just appeared in front of me the size of a basketball, but then it screams. Yeah. I wouldn't have. My I looked. would have fucking dive bombed down those stairs, broken bones and all. I'd be like, you know what? We'll worry about that afterwards.
0: I know exactly what would have happened to me. I would have run to the near in the opposite direction, which would have been straight out of window. No, my luck, and that would have been the end of me.
1: And you'd be happy. You'd be happy and to go that and way.
0: Everybody would be like, "Oh, you committed suicide from the top of the, uh, uh, the completed suicide." Ah. Leave that a bit. Just out the window, it's fine. You can cut it there.
1: Okay. But yeah, it, I mean, it's... not having that. Not, it's absolutely not. It's petrifying. Terrifying. And then Did to
0: see her in the window when you leave as well. Oh.
1: No. She's watching you run away. She's like, look at them scared. Look at them scared little babies running away from me.
0: I kind of feel like it's um, almost a tango advert. Did you have the tango adverts in the 90s? No. What about people getting tangoed?
1: Uh, maybe...
0: So there's this UK, there was this drink in Britain, which I'm not even sure they still make, which they was, still this, make they do still make it, which is like an orange, fizzy orange. And the, the adverts in the nineties were really crazy about getting tangoed. It's, it sounds like something they would have done for a tango advert where like this floating orange ball came up to these people and they got really scared and then just shouted at them tango and then they got covered in tango.
1: Oh, that does sound very nineties. Yeah. Do you remember those, those, um, pot noodle ads that were like, belly's gonna go? Yeah, and it was a giant yeah, yeah. belly. Yep. Like, similar, a like a giant stomach similar, similar kind of concept. Chasing people So I, uh, weird I'm only
0: making links to the adverts So that it doesn't terrify me When we stop recording
1: <laughs> And if you enjoyed today's episode Go to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com for all the information that you need about us. You can find links to our social meds. You can find a link to our Patreon, which is a subscription service where for $5 or $2 a month, you get heaps of extra content. You can find our email address to send your own stories in. And don't forget, if you have the means to do so, donate to Out of the Woods Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation. And on that note, for the last time,